0: Hello and welcome back to another Team Ferris pod. We are a couple of weeks delayed because we had a few um, hiccups along the way.
1: Well, not hiccups. We (laughs) just, um, like we said in the last episode, we love to pivot as soon as we change our mind on something we want to do or something new that we want to try. So last episode, we were up in Cairns. We were. And it was only a few days after that, um, We'd all gone through a bit of a sickness and then Renee fell ill. Long story short, the best thing to do was to haul us home to in northern New South Wales. So, so
0: here we are. This
1: is where we are. So it was a big yeah. trip. Um I did it in a day and a half, I only slept for about four hours on the whole trip. Yeah. Uh, went wide open, got home and and then crashed for a couple of days.
0: Yeah. And I slept the entire time. So once again, it hit me pretty tough. Um being ill I, I don't get ill very often so when i do um it seems to hit me hard yeah um but it just goes to show once again why we value our health so much because you know sometimes it's not until you lose your health that you realize just how important it is yeah um yeah I mean, it wasn't so the yeah. end of the
1: world we weren't that sick but um
0: no We i had some come up, up that, something.
1: yeah and that weekend i needed to separate from the family and given that renee was sick and the kids are pretty busy i was like oh my gosh i was stressing about it and i'm like oh we We've got some stuff we want to go home and sort out anyway so yeah here yeah. we are
0: yeah so um dean completed dean took a couple of days off and away from the family to go and do dr john DeMartini's martini's two-day live breakthrough experience so would you like to share with, with the audience here what exactly uh, the Breakthrough Experience is?
1: Uh, so it's a course. It's actually the first course of many that he does, but that's the one you have to start with. And pretty much it teaches you about the basics of his philosophy. Um, he can take you through what um, what well, well, you can do a collapse on any resentment you have against anyone or anything. um. That was part of the exercise. And then he takes you through the values determinants. So if you're unsure of what your values are or what gives you purpose, uh, he has a really good curriculum to help you find that. And then a whole bunch of other stuff over the, the whole weekend. You're, you're about 14 hours a day um, in the book. So for someone that's not very academic and likes to be outdoors, that was a lot of work for me. Uh, but I was immersed in it and it was quite good.
0: You're rocking your chair. i oh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So basically for those of you who aren't familiar with Dr. John Demartini, he is the world's leading human behavior expert and is the man that I have done most of my training and um, mindset work, I guess, with over the last five or so years. Um, His work is phenomenal and we highly um, recommend it for anyone who is just wanting to expand their mind. So the two-day breakthrough experience really is a mind-expanding Um, couple of days, and it's designed to help you see the hidden order in events and really a lot of um, transparency and reflection. And the idea of it is that it helps you to break down um, specific charges or, and and by charges, I mean like emotional triggers, um, things that push your buttons so that you can make objective decisions rather than being you know, reacting all the time to your emotions. Because as we've learned, and you can vouch in sport, um, allowing your emotions to guide you, um, whether in sport or in business or whatever it is you're doing, even in relationships, um, sometimes it can be a bit of a futile approach. And sometimes it's best to be able to see what's actually in front of you, and really um, shift your perspective to get the greatest results.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. And sports, um, like everyday life, you can kind of get by and Um, The consequences, well, they end up being pretty big no matter what in the end. But with sport, it's just so instant. Like with motocross, if you make an emotional decision, you instantaneously instantaneously get the the negative feedback from that. Um, It's just what I've learned over the years um, of trial and error. And then we meet this guy that's got uh, philosophies behind kind of (laughs) things that we already believe in and um yeah it's it's he's a really good guy to learn off
0: yeah so the reason that um Dean went and did the program was because as most of you know um there's he's been going through a major transition stage um and trying to work out what's the next thing for Dean Ferris and so um after 20 years of racing um Dean really had to sit down and look at okay you know we made the decision to go traveling full-time because we thought at the time that we wanted to just travel full-time 365 days a year Um, kind of we left with the plan to just go indefinitely but as we're on the road when all of a sudden that was it we had a lot of time to reflect we had a lot of time to talk to one another and actually go is this really what we want are we truly inspired to be at different locations all the time, um, and what actually gives us the most fulfilment? Um, and that was something that I think you would say was a little bit missing when we were travelling, was you were missing that little bit of purpose, would you say?
1: Yeah, for sure. Like uh, i just wake like woken up every day for 20 years and, you know, it was all about getting fit for riding a motorbike. And, um, and then, you know, I decided to not race and then I, I just wasn't sure what to do. So, yeah, for sure. For sure, there was um, some purpose missing uh, in, in our time away traveling, and it—you know—it was amazing. And we'll, we'll still do some, um, yeah. but full time travel, uh, like with, with no return date, that—that that has changed for sure. Yeah. Um, we did it for like that was like a what a three month stint or something.
0: Yeah, probably around that. This Two or time. three
1: months. Um, we've been really
0: in the caravan, probably on and off for a few for a couple of years now. Well,
1: a year and a half we've had a caravan, and yeah. we have spent most time in the caravan like this year we'd we'd intended to settle in in our house here um and get on with the motocross but the weather was really crazy on the north coast well the whole east coast of australia really but yeah it was unbelievably wet here and there was like no chance you could ride a bike almost the whole year so we just kept moving about so we're very grateful we had a caravan definitely um but yeah it was definitely once the purpose was beyond was gone from traveling with the caravan it was like oh this is awesome but Oh gosh, I need. Oh, I need yeah, some where purpose. Where are we going where, to? Yeah.
0: You know, before when we first started off in the caravan, it was always like, yeah, we're so grateful that we have this house on wheels and we can go to see all these places. Um, and this is the thing, you know, a lot of you guys like us probably watch a lot of um YouTube vloggers <laughs> and travel influencers and stuff on Instagram, and all of these destinations look absolutely incredible. And honestly, they are. Um, but one thing that we really um, reassured for us is that when it comes down to full-time travel, you have to have a deep desire and yearning for and a value on the travel itself to be able to doing it full-time. It's funny, we genuinely thought that was what we wanted. Um, But yeah, it wasn't until we actually got on the road without having that, okay, we've got to get to the motocross track. So we were like, cool, let's see stuff in the way. Then all of a sudden we're like, oh my God, we're in the car and we've got all day, know where to be where do we want to go and
1: well it sounds that simple um and you'd think it would be but actually for me personally being the man um behind the you know the wheel it was just a lot of packing up setting up um you know you do breakfast you do lunch you do dinner and then in between being considerate of you know our young family um you just, you don't you don't get to do that 10 hours of hiking around a bush like you kind of thought that you'd get to do um it's so, just a
0: few extra considerations. But I think yeah. if you genuinely just are super inspired by the travel and that was all your focus was, perfect, absolutely perfect. We highly recommend it for anyone super, super travel enthused. Um, or maybe if you were doing it for like a set time frame. Um, but definitely for us, we realised at our age with the kids that they at the age they are and the different things, we really had to sit down and stop. Um, you know, and over the last two weeks, we've spent you know, Dean did that two-day course with Dean Martini. Um, I've done a lot of work, so I was able to do some on my own as well. And pretty much we sat down and looked at, okay, we redid our values. So we looked at um, what we value most, because this is the thing, what a lot of people don't realize is that your values shift. Now, just to quickly clarify for those unfamiliar with the terminology here, by values, what we mean is what's most important to you down to what's least important. So every single person on the planet Lives their life based on a hierarchy of values, and so, like I said, what's most important to you down to what's least important, and that hierarchy actually shifts and transitions as you move through life and through different stages. And so, what we had, we sat down and did was went back through our values and what they were as individuals. And this is what we thought we would um, jump on here and share with you guys today: is a apart on values and B, how that actually influences as a relationship dynamic and as a family dynamic. Um, now, a lot of people know us as Team Ferris, and I would say 90% of the time we are a pretty rock solid team. But the reality is there are those times and there mo- those moments when this team is not functioning that good, <laughs> in all honesty. Um, and if we stop and think about it, the reason that that comes about and where that stems from is when Dean, because we're both, and you might you might have worked this out by now, but Dean and I are both pretty strong personalities. And so when one person has a set of values and you've got a set of values, it's really important that you, how would you say it? You work out how to- Fulfill each other's fulfill values. Fulfill your own values um, as yeah. opposed to trying to sacrifice. Because what happens is you want what's most important to you they want what's most important to them. And where different conflicts and different things arise, and, I, and we can vouch it, it definitely happens um, in, in every dynamic, is when one person's values um, are challenging the other person's and it becomes this conflict of whose values get met. And in a lot of relationships early on, um, what happens is you can, you know, whoever's the stronger, I guess, at, at the time, um or how would you how would you say it? Um well one,
1: one, one person in the relationship would normally subordinate um, to the other to the other. And, yeah, and subordination,
0: that's the word I was looking and for. And it'd
1: be okay for, for a set amount of time, usually. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so by subordination, we just mean that you'll kind of sacrifice your values for a portion of time because you're, you know, trying to impress the other person, you want to do what they want. Um, but then there comes a point where you start going, okay. The relationship is pretty normal now. Um, I'm pretty familiar with it. Um, pretty settled in it. Now I want my, my needs met. And so this is where what we've been doing in the exercise that we've been doing in the last couple of weeks is looking at what are your specific values? What are my specific values? And how does me fulfilling mine help you fulfill yours? And how does you fulfilling yours help me fulfill mine? And the interesting thing is when you then chuck kids in the mix, is you also have to look at and consider their values. So what would you say the cost of the benefit of doing this and the cost of not doing it in your, well, in your words.
1: Well, the um the cost of doing it is just um getting your partner to agree to sit down and go over the values <laughs> determinant. Um really there's you know the, the, and and there's a lot of cost if you don't do it. Obviously you're gonna just you're gonna butt heads and yeah. one person's gonna start to resent the other because they're not getting their values or their time met and how they want it to be. And then ultimately that that's gonna lead to a feud and in the long run, probably your relationship's gonna break down. Yeah. But if you were to do this, um, sit down, as you know, Renee and I have had to do this many times because our values even shift over time. Sit down, and work out what's our values. Um, what do we want to achieve? How can we help each other achieve it? Through what we're doing, yeah, and that you know that's the crux of it,
0: yeah. And the the one of the mistakes that's quite common that we see is we and and even at times when you and and this is what um what we've been guilty of um in the past is trying to convince the other to come on board with our values. So we're trying to convince our partner to value what we value more, so that we can kind of go and do it together or or whatnot vice versa. And so you're trying to almost convince the other party to do something that's more important to you. And this is where it's really important to actually take the time to respect one another's individual value sets. Because even though you're a couple and in a relationship, um, you are still individual people. And you have individual needs and individual priorities and different things that really fulfill you. And so I think respecting that because even if, like, there was a time, um, you know, even in the past couple of weeks when we've been going over this, where I just was like, oh, my God, I so badly just want Dean to, to want a certain thing. Um, and I had to really do the work to go, okay, and, and accept that it is what it is and the best thing we can do is to respect that and appreciate and how to ask ourselves the quality question if Dean actually does what he is most fulfilled by, how does him doing that action, what's most important to him, actually help me fulfill what's important to me, and vice versa? That question, because when you, even if you're successful at getting somebody across to your side, what'll happen is it'll work for a little while. Like Dean said, you can subordinate and do it, um, but it does build up that that bit of resentment and stuff like that. So, so yeah. So, um, to any
1: any any blokes out there listening, just get your wife to do this. And you stay as you are and, <laughs> and and they'll work out how your values is filling theirs.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, just kidding, you should all do the work.
0: Yes. Yes. It's it, it honestly um, is the most valuable exercise you can do.
1: Yeah. So um, in our
0: opinion for a relationship um dynamic to work.
1: Yeah, we, we don't want to get too deep on that in a podcast because we, we can just go down the rabbit hole so deep with this thing. Um so if you are, if you want if you want to know more about it, um, just we'll put
0: the link in the bio so you yep. can head over to drdmartini.com um, and do the values test yourself and you'll see how to actually determine your values. Um, and it's the most true and accurate assessment that I've been able to see. And one thing that I would just say on that is don't just assume what your values are. Because sometimes we can actually get confused in our own minds because we get a lot of injections. So there's a lot of people out there telling you what you should want um, and different circumstances and influences that get in the way. It's really important to be able to shut out that outside noise and and ask quality questions to work out what's truly your life is demonstrating. Um, as to what your values are
1: and it's interesting once you know know this and you you look around and you realize there's so many people not living to their values it's crazy I I think it's just madness um but I I must say I'm very fortunate that I've been able to do whatever I want to do uh pretty much my whole life you know once I left school I've worked worked out how to ride bikes full-time and that's all I've done and it's just that's been my highest value like so very fortunate of that but it's very sad to see so many people just Oh, I'm doing a you know, an apprenticeship because you know, my uncle or my dad told me I should do that. Yeah. And they're they miserable as shit. And you know what else is interesting? So when I was in this course the other weekend, there was like 28 of us, right? All online. And and De Martini was taking one girl, well, a lot of people through the values determinant, but there's one girl in particular. And she was doing all, all she had to do just to you know get by with money and and stuff with a job and for everyone that was watching in on him working on her all right and he knew exactly what her values were within the first minute of talking to her he's a pro at this but when you're on the outside we could see as well exactly what she wanted to do but she was too scared to say it or she had all these injected values and that she shouldn't be doing that and we're all like on the other side of the screen just screaming like you want to be a goddamn artist just be an artist <laughs> you know don't don't go do all this other bullshit yeah. that um people are telling you to do and yeah. then it, it was it was amazing um once he you know cuz he asked questions he just asked questions until they come up with the answer and once she come she realized that it was okay to do exactly what she wanted to do and be an artist it was, she just like had a meltdown and started crying and just realized like Oh, um, you know, I'm not going to wait any longer. I'm just going to do it now. I'm going to find a yeah. way. So. And honestly,
0: that's one of the most inspiring things to me about the Demartini method and the values process and how it works is it truly is mind-blowing once you step into that. Like I know um, it's only been in the last couple of years that, you know, I guess my puzzle has been kind of coming together maybe for the last five years since I've been working with John, trying to piece together exactly what fulfills my soul and what purpose um. And impact I'm most inspired to make. And as I've been piecing that together, and, and I know that when I'm working in that space, when I'm doing that, it's like my life has so much more purpose and meaning and, and drive. And you just bounce out of bed and you face challenges. But the challenges, even though they're hard, they don't feel hard because you're so inspired to work for them, to go after them. And it's like when Dean um was racing. Um, because it was his highest value you know some people would ask him questions every now and again like oh what motivates you to get up and train and he's like I don't need motivation because I'm inspired from inside to do it so he just bounces up and and gets up and gets it done well
1: yeah just because we'd work with martini, we knew that was the answer correct but before we we knew about his work I just didn't have any answer because I had no idea why I would get out of bed early in the morning. And just get on with the work every single day.
0: And it didn't feel like work, though, did it? Like when you describe it, you just wanted to do it.
1: Yeah, that's right. It, Nobody
0: had to tell you to go and yep, do it. Yep. You just wanted to, and that's how I feel. Um, now that I found my thing, and and this is the thing. Now that we both have, um, I guess our own things, it's really important that we now work out well. How do we both, um, connect that together?
1: Yeah. Hey, and don't don't get us wrong. When you cho- when you go down the road of your highest value and do exactly what you want to do. There is still challenges, right? Yes. There's always challenges. Always. Um, and there's a saying, right, to choose your challenges. Yeah. So, you know, when, when you're choosing what you want to do, you're, you're picking your challenge. So right. if you're doing something that's really inspiring to you, you're more likely going to thrive in that challenge. Correct. But if you're doing something really low on your values with, a, I don't know, a shit job, shit boss, whatever, and some big challenge comes up, you, oh, I'll just walk away. It's too fucking yeah. hard. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. But
1: if you're doing something really cool, big challenge there, you're like, all right, it's on. All right, I can get yeah. through this. No problem.
0: And that's the difference because when you're inspired by it, it's something that you're, it's a problem that you're excited to tackle. Whereas if you are doing something and you feel like it, you I know, just couldn't be bothered, Um, that's a really good sign that what you're trying to force yourself to do is probably not coming from you. And it may be an injected value. So it would be really wise to ask yourself, whose goal is this? Because a lot of the time we'll say it's our goal, but we've set that goal because somebody we're subordinating to somebody external of us that we perhaps look up to and we're trying to impress, please, or appease them. And so If you look at um, the different goals that you've ever set in your life, look at which ones you have really um, been inspired to stick to and you've been accountable and you've been, you know, uh, just show up. You're dedicated, you're committed, and you just keep doing it, right? Versus the ones where you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this, and then you never actually take any action on it. Uh, because those are the goals. And what you'll find is it's not that you're a lazy person or that you're not able to do it. It's that it actually wasn't your goal.
1: I'm interested to ask Renee, um, have you ever done that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know I have.
1: Can you share some stories?
0: Okay, so the biggest one that comes to mind when I look at this, um, because there's been a few times where I have been susceptible to the injected values of others and I've set these goals, i like, yeah, yeah, I want that just because I'm surrounded by people who want that. And so all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want that too. And then I don't do any action towards it, which tells me that actually I don't really want to do it. I am um, just think it's cool they do. Um, so, for example, um, quite a few years ago when Dean was still living in Europe, um, he'd come back over um, to Australia for a few weeks. Anyway, come and see me. We were hanging out and um, we actually went up Mount Coolum and, um, Anyway, because he was, you know, an athlete and all this stuff, like I was like trying to kind of pretend I was fit. Um, anyway, pretend I wasn't puffing the whole time we went up and down back the the mountain twice. Anyway, on the way back down, he was talking about strength training and different stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna set this goal. I'm gonna do ten pull ups by the end of the year." Anyway, had that <laughs> conversation together.
1: How long ago was that? Um,
0: that was 2012. So ten years ago. Um, anyway. 10 years later, and I still can't do a pull-up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done one yet. So hey, 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 while
1: we're on the subject, um, it's pick on Renee. Um, it's not, not pick
0: up on Renee. It pick on, it's not pick on pick Renee. Pick on
1: Renee. So no kidding. Almost every day, almost every day with without fail. No,
0: you're not going there. The chocolate thing? No.
1: Yes, I'm going I don't
0: there. actually want to give up chocolate. That's the problem.
1: Yeah, but there's times where you're like, I'm not eating any more chocolate. Anyway, it has been a hell of a road with Renee's dieting around sugar and chocolate and a few other things you really like. I don't know. I feel
0: like we're going very off topic here. We we're talking about values.
1: This is your value. You keep trying to, um. obviously, chocolate's high on your values, and you keep trying to deny it. Yeah, like, I'm not doing it. Anyway, a day later, she's like, for instance, I was driving out to the gym this afternoon, <laughs> and she sings out while I'm driving down the driveway, and I'm like, what? what she's like holding up a block of chocolate get another
0: block stop it (laughs) okay so I do have a guilty pleasure of chocolate but I work out every day to make sure that I can okay
1: maybe we are a bit off track here but we
0: are very off track it's kind of the
1: opposite of your values I guess it's like what you well you need that that you really need is it well is, is that a part of your values chocolate is it on the values list for you
0: no it doesn't show up on my values okay
1: kind of same same but different
0: it's it's less about the chocolate and more about the feeling Uh, so for me when I eat chocolate it's that can we
1: talk about other ways you could get that same (laughs) feeling or
0: so it's about for me the chocolate is because I'm you know we're naturally um high achievers we like to work we like to do stuff and for me it's like once I'm I've done a task or I've completed something it's that I go and get a cup of boiling water and I get a piece of chocolate and I sit down and I go, ah.
1: But this is what happens, guys. I'm like, oh, she's got it. Like, because I wouldn't have chocolate. I would just would not buy it. But she buys it and sometimes it's in the freezer, right? And I'm like, oh, I'll just have a bit of chocolate and I'll have a bit more. And, you know, I'm usually burning a lot of calories and then Renee gets FOMO, right? <laughs> and she goes in there like the Gruffalo and just eats the whole lot. No, I... So she doesn't miss out.
0: I do not. A lot. You, there, do, you no, either eat more. No. There,
1: you eat more when I you I know eat going. more
0: when I know it's going. Yes, I do. <laughs> I but I don't go and eat the whole thing. I will still only ever have four So you're telling squares. kids, is it
1: more than, oh, you have four squares a day?
0: Well, I don't normally, but when you're hoeing into it and I'm worried that you're going to exactly. take it all, I go and have, and I up it to sometimes four, but I try to cap it at like two squares a day. You might
1: want to do some d martini work around this, I think. Is there a skill that you could do?
0: You know what? This Okay, here's another point then, since Dean's going way off topic, but we want to make sure that this podcast is actually adding value here to our listeners (laughs) and they're not just listening to us banter here, um, is when it comes to addictions, so um, if you want to call my chocolate an addiction, it comes back to a choice. Do I want to change it? Yes or no? Oh, you don't? Well, it's my guilty pleasure, and I, I actually genuinely believe that everyone deserves a guilty pleasure. Yeah, yeah, that's fine.
1: I, but you asked me a question. I don't think you really want to change it. You don't, right?
0: No, I don't. Yeah, okay. I don't. Well, sometimes I, I do want to back it down when I have too much. But then I'm like,
1: it's not worth it. This is what Renee says not. to me every time. A day goes. No, maybe two days. She may likes about two days, and she comes, comes up the kitchen bench, and she puts her arms down. She's like like so low on life she goes it's just not worth it it is not worth it i have to have chocolate
0: <laughs> by the way we were watching charlie and the chocolate factory with the kids tonight um just before we watch this before we did this podcast um how random is that how, me, by the way it is
1: oh my god i've never is, seen it no. it is
0: random um but One thing that they did teach us on the show is that chocolate actually releases endorphins inside the body and makes you feel love.
1: Hey, off topic again, all right, in this movie, this this pretty fat this fat kid falls (laughs) in well, bigger kid, right?
0: Where is he going with this? He
1: falls in the chocolate, the the pond of chocolate, right? And he can't swim. And my our daughter. daughter is she's such a sweet tooth and she loves chocolate. And we're like, see, see what happens if you be greedy. And our daughter goes, oh, I'd be able to swim.
0: (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Yes. Um, Very interesting. The trying, actually, the idea when we were watching the show was we sat down with the kids and we were trying to teach them the lessons throughout it, like try and point out the messages. Um, But for a five and a four-year-old, they weren't really getting it. Um, But anyway, we're trying to instill it. We're doing the work to do that.
1: To give it a little Um, bit of context, this bigger kid was trying to eat the chocolate out of the pond, like just drink chocolate out of the pond, and then he fell in it, just so you know. He just didn't randomly fall in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was wanting to eat too much.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And so we were trying, and I don't know if this is Dean also subconsciously telling me to back off of the chocolate, um, but we were trying to just teach the girls, and and this is the thing, um, also whatever we repress... We will breed, attract, or become. And so this is why I can't repress the chocolate because I'm going to breed it into our kids.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're already seeing that. <laughs>
0: yes. So um, we've kind of been rambling here for half an hour and I don't know if that we've even added any much value towards this last 15 minutes of the podcast here. But
1: we hope you like listening. But we do anyway. hope
0: you like listening to us chat. Um to finish off today, would you like to give a summary of um, some value for the audience listening here? What do, value do you have?
1: Do what you want. Find a way. Yeah, that'd be the biggest piece of value I I can I could you know I can share because it's not till recently I just kind of realised people aren't doing what they want to do. You know, I'm like oh,
0: surely. yeah. So Dean lasted about half a day, half a day of not doing what he wanted to do. So. Um, to, to put it into perspective, when we first got together, so when Dean came back home from Europe and and tracked me down, um, he pretty much said to me, Would you leave, you know, your current life and come and, you know, do racing with me? Um, and, you know, that could take us anywhere in the world. So I need you to be super flexible, you know, adaptable, whatever. But if you just put everything into me and, and the racing for just a few years. Um, you know, career is pretty short. As soon as it's over, I'll make it all about you. Um, and you know, whatever you want, it'll that'll be it. You know, it'll be all about Renee. Anyway, um, naturally, you know, seven and a half years later, I'm like pretty excited about this moment, thinking, oh, it's going to be oh, something so different. You know, doing something to be all about Renee, and and you know, what I'm inspired to do. And um, so he lasted all of about half a day, um, maybe, if that um, before he realised that actually his commitment to me was not realistic. Um, and that kind of is a bit of what stemmed this off, is because I had to, you know, accept that at the time when I'd believed that, I didn't know about these universal laws. I didn't realise that him not living to his highest value actually wouldn't be that fulfilling for either of us. And, um, yeah, expecting him to try and just come and make it all about me actually wouldn't make either of us that happy either. And so... Um,
1: well, in in my defence, I thought it would have been way more fun drinking cocktails all day.
0: Um, anyway. But, but
1: that's where the half a day lasted. I'm like, okay, that was all right for half a day.
0: Yeah. Turns out he doesn't really like. Um, yeah, we're just not really cocktail on the beach kind of people all day every day. We we like to work towards something, um, and yeah, really, I don't know how you would put it, but just we have to have like a, a goal that we're that we're actively working towards. And so the goal that I'm currently actively working towards um, didn't fully align with Dean to the to the same degree that we thought it would, um, and so now. Dean is reassessing and, and looking for his path um moving forward. And I think what we why we wanted to come and, and share this, um, because obviously, you know, it's it's a little bit personal um for us, but we wanted to bring this out and share this with you because it's so important um that these things are spoken about um and that we do really respect one another um, and have that option because I notice even since I have kind of stepped away from um putting all of my as much energy as I was into Dean's goals and having my own goals and my own purpose and my own mission. Like I'm honestly feeling so much more alive and I I have a new um, almost vibration and frequency and, you know, energy about me that is, and I notice like even a lot of the people that I, that I know that, that contact me and stuff, they say, Oh, you're so, you know, they can feel my energy now um, being different. And I think, That is what we should be all striving for rather than trying to to force one or the other. Um, And, yeah, you really can do it in a relationship dynamic and still stay a team. (laughs)
1: Cool.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, we encourage you all to check out your values, do it with your partner, um, check out your kids as well, their values, and just have that conversation around the dinner table and just see where it leads you and ask yourself, are you truly doing what's inspiring to you or are you subordinating to some other injective value? And I guess just one more thing I wanted to add on to that as well is the other thing that we can do that can keep us feeling a bit stuck and restricted in what we're doing is we keep doing it because that's all we've ever done or we made that decision or that commitment five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever, and we haven't stopped to question, is this still the right decision for me. And so I'm going to leave you with an analogy um, that I love. And it's a it's a Thanksgiving dinner and there's a little girl and she walks up, she maybe four or five, walks up to her mum and says, mum, why are you cutting the leg off the turkey?
1: To fit in the pan. like
0: Yeah, like because they're cooking, you know, they're cooking the turkey for, for the Thanksgiving dinner. Mum, why do you cut the leg off the turkey? And she goes, oh, because I'm following grandma's recipe. This is how we've always done it. So then she goes up to grandma and goes, okay, well, grandma, why do we cut the leg off the turkey? And grandma says, oh, because it's, it's old Nana, Nana's recipe. And you know, this is how we've already always done it. Um, so anyway, the little girl toddles off into the lounge room where Nana, um, her great-nana sitting down on the rocking chair. And she says, Nana, why do we cut the leg off the turkey? And Nana puts down her glass a little bit and looks at her and says, well, my oven was too small to fit the whole turkey. So that's what I used to cut it off. I don't know why these guys are still doing it, though. And so this is where the, the analogy or, or what we're trying to say is, you know, generationally, they're still following the same script because that's all they've ever known. And so... Um, what we encourage you to do, and as we, I guess, are a testament is just when you follow what you truly are inspired to do and you can connect these dots and and intertwine it with all of your values um, and then find a way to do it um, in, in your relationship as well, it really does create, um, yeah, it's phenomenal.
1: Yeah, harmony in the relationship.
0: Harmony in the relationship. Yeah. And just it's an incredible way to live. And so... We really encourage you to do that and ask a question. And for those of you who are wondering about our travels and stuff like that, we are absolutely still going to be travelling. We do have some news coming up in the coming um, few weeks, which we'll share with you. Um, We are going to be relocating and we're going to basically structure our lives around having the best of both worlds. So we're going to have a base somewhere, um, which we'll announce soon, and then we will also have um, a a few months of the year travelling as well and throughout the year as well whenever we want to go, basically. So we kind of get the best of both worlds as opposed to all a base or all traveling. So yeah, ask yourself, what would you love to do? And then start building your life around it. And that's the advice from Team Ferris.
1: Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for
0: listening. Till next week or next time. Thank you. Yes. Good night.